Uh, we're in this series called The Question, and we need to give credit where credit is due. Andy Stanley wrote this book called Ask It that was uh, developed off some thoughts that God had put in his heart based on so several of the scriptures that we've been looking at over the last couple of <clears throat> weeks together. This is a very, very important question, and if you've missed some of the series, uh, you can hop on the website and, and catch up because they kind of build upon one another. So if you've missed some of those, you can hop on the website and you can watch the video of that now. So it's a great way to be able to do that. Or if something that is said uh, just kind of makes you think, gosh, I, I have a friend that really could use that message or could really be encouraged in this way, that is on our website. You can forward them the link. This question is an important one that becomes a filter for all of the other questions, virtually all the other questions that we have to ask in our lives for every invitation, decision, opportunity. And so we've been asking this question, and you remember the question, right? Do you remember the question? <clears throat> you have your journey guides, you can pull it out. What is the question? You want to write this down on the top of here. What's the question? Ready? I want you to read it together. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, you guys are way more on fire than Saturday was. That's awesome. Let's read it one more time. I want this ingrained in your heart. What's Awesome. So in light of three different dimensions, our past experiences, uh, your past experiences are your past experiences, what you've gone through, the circumstances, the situations, the areas where perhaps you've had a tendency to get tripped up in the past, also based on your current circumstances, and then your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Kyle did an awesome job last week talking about the importance of applying this question in the area of the use of our time. You know, we live in a culture that steals our time fast, right? It's the most valuable, most important thing you have. Once that second is gone, you can never get it back. And we literally do not know how many seconds we have with our life. So we need to live with some intentionality uh, wrapped around the way that we use our time. And Kyle did a great job talking about that last week. It's not what is the right thing, it is not what is the legal thing, it's not what I can get by with, right? It's what is the wise thing to do? And this is such a clarifying question because we all have a tendency of deceiving ourselves. We all have the tendency of talking ourselves in and out of things and <clears throat> comparing ourselves to everyone else. As a matter of fact, more often than not, we are found in a place where we are making our decisions based on what we see happening in the culture around us. So it seems like everybody else is doing this or that, and so then we make our decisions based on what we see in the culture around us. <clears throat> when we do this, we tend to make decisions that eventually we will regret, and that's why this question is so important. So today, we're gonna do just like we did last week. Now that we're familiar with the question, we're gonna move into applying this question into another area of our lives. And I just want you to know, in writing this message this week and thinking this through, there are some things that I have to say today that are uncomfortable. It's been an uncomfortable week for me as I've been writing some of my thoughts, and so I just want you to know, <clears throat> hold with me, I want you to see at the end why this is so important. And I gotta tell you this, please everyone look here for a second. The reason that I'm gonna talk about this today is because I love you, because I care about you, and because I've talked to hundreds of people that have made mistakes with their lives. And these mistakes are very, very real with very, very real consequences. And I would not be a very good pastor if I didn't talk about this. And on top of all of that, what's even more important than those things is this, our God talks about it. 
Scriptures are full of truth related to this topic. So I want you to kind of hold with me today, and I want you to know as uncomfortable as you might feel with some of the things that I have to say today, I've been uncomfortable this week too, because we all need to apply this question to this particular area of our lives. So this is so important, very, very important. We all want to get better. We all want to do what's best for our lives, don't we? We want to do what's best for our lives. So this weekend is very important, vitally important, and uh, it's going to be especially helpful today in the area that we're going to talk about, and this is huge for all all of us, um, applying what you learned today has the potential to help you to avoid a lot of pain, very real pain, and a lot of great regrets. And it's highly likely that you aren't going to hear this message anywhere else in our culture other than probably in the context of the local church. This is really important. We've all become proficient at taking or talking ourselves into very dumb decisions. Maybe you've done something before and even done something before and actually thought, how could I do something that stupid? Have you ever been there? How could I have ever let that happen? What? I did not see that coming, right? We say that all the time when we look back and we think about our past. Well, it seems like perhaps in this area, uh, we need to be reminded that it's a bad idea to assume that if something's not wrong, then it's right. Can I say that again? We need to be careful not to walk down the road of assuming that if it's not wrong, then it's Right, it's bad to assume, well, it seems like everyone else is doing this, so it must be right. For me, that's a bad idea, in particular for those of you that are here today that have made a decision to commit your life to Christ. If you've given your life to Jesus, you're on the hook with the things I'm gonna talk about today. If you haven't committed your life to Christ, I wanna challenge you to do that. And then when you make that decision, that's gonna change the way you do some things in your life. And you need to hear, and what you'll hear today is that these decisions that we have to make related to this particular area are gonna help avoid pain, regret, and very real consequences. God has challenged us to ask a better question, what is the wise thing to do? And this weekend, I wanna apply this to our moral decisions, the decisions that relate to our sexuality and our expressions of sexuality. And this is for every single one of us, whether you're single, uh, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, we wanna begin to apply this question, what is the wise thing to do uh, to our decisions that we're making related to our sexuality? And you see, we have to be very careful because your greatest regret morally was most likely preceded by a series of very unwise decisions. Your greatest regrets morally, as far as your expressions of sexuality, undoubtedly were preceded by some very bad decisions. If you've been around a while, I, I've told this story years ago. When I was a youth pastor, uh, a young couple came in to talk to me and they, they uh, were struggling in the area of their sexuality and it was super awesome that they wanted to come and talk about it to get some help with that and some accountability for that. And so we sat down to have the conversation and I, and I said to them, okay, well, why don't you tell me what's going on? How did this happen? And the guy said, well, we, uh, we were naked on a couch. And that is where he started the story. And of course, we're thinking at that point, so you showed up at her house and rang the doorbell naked, right? Like, that's not where this story started. That's not how this went down. This is what we're talking about today, that, that those greatest regrets that we have morally were probably preceded by a series of very unwise decisions. And so often, we kind of negotiate through this. Now, young people, I want you to listen to me today, because if you apply this to your life, you're going to save yourself a lot of pain, regret, and very real consequences. But this is not just for our students that are here today. This is for all of us. 
Every single one of us have to deal with the area of all the expression of our sexuality, and, and we have to ask this question, what's the wise thing to do? And we live in a culture that so quickly just justifies all kinds of little small decisions that can end towards disaster. You've seen this before. And, and you might think today, when I talk about some of these things, geez, Doug, you are old school. Yeah, yeah, I am old school. I'm old school on this because I've had the chance to talk to hundreds, if not thousands of people that have lived with very real regret as it relates to this area. We all have, re- I have regret as it relates to this area. The consequences are real and so we, we kind of talk ourselves into things. Like we'll think to ourselves, you know, it's no big deal that I text. If I just text with that coworker, not a big deal, right? I'm just, te- is there anything illegal with texting? That's a real question. Is there anything illegal, with, unless you're driving, right? <clears throat> then you better use the speak to text function, right? There's nothing illegal with texting or like doing a little Facebook research and starting to reach out to some people. Is there anything illegal with that? No. Now, let's just walk through this scenario. Is there anything illegal with having lunch with someone of the opposite sex that perhaps you work with, just the two of you? Is there anything illegal about that? Nope. Nope. Is it illegal to have dinner together? Just you and a coworker, someone of the opposite sex, someone that you know, is it illegal to do that? Nope. <clears throat> is it illegal to work late together? Maybe the team thought, you know, we're all gonna be together and we gotta work on this project, we got some deadlines due, but then when it comes to the real evening of extra work, it's just you and that coworker. Is that a good, is, that, is there anything illegal with that? Nope, it's not illegal. How about confiding in one another? Is there anything illegal or immoral with confiding in one another? Maybe things are going on at, at, at home and in your marriage that are a little bit of a struggle and guys, there's just this coworker lady at work and she's just kind and, and she's, you just confide in her? Is there anything like illegal with that? No, do you see the progression of where we're going here? Is there anything wrong with listening? No, listening's good. As a matter of fact, we can justify that, right? She's saving me hundreds in counseling. She's a really good listener. I mean, God gave us ears. We all listen. There's nothing immoral about listening. Or what about this? What if your coworkers of the opposite sex that you know has missed a few uh, days at work, and so you just think, you know what? I'm just going to drop by. I'm just going to drop by and check in. Is there anything illegal with doing that? <clears throat> How about this, is there anything illegal after you've dropped by to check in where you just kinda give them a hug to really let them know you care about them? Is there anything wrong with that? It's not illegal. But do you see the progression of how this happens? One bad decision after another that leads, now let's just stop for a second and say this exact scenario that we've just talked about is taking place in your favorite TV show. And you really, really, really like this female character in the show, but you really don't like the guy that she works with. And let's say that this scenario that we've just walked through is beginning to happen in the storyline, and you're not watching it on Netflix, so you actually have to wait for the next week for, for the continuation of, of this particular TV show, and it ends right there at the hug. What would you be thinking? First of all, I hate that I have to wait a week, right, to find out what happened. But if you really didn't like that guy and she was walking through this scenario with them, you would be screaming at your TV, wouldn't you? Don't do this. I don't want you with that guy. I can see so clearly where this is going, right? Let's take it one step further. Let's say that this is 
a good friend of yours, maybe it's a family member or somebody that you know and, and you're, you're having coffee with them and they're the same sex you are and you're out for coffee and you're having a conversation and they begin to tell you, they're married, but they begin to tell you about this scenario taking place with a coworker of theirs and you really care about them. You're watching this systematic kind of step of compromise one after another after another and you're all of a sudden beginning to realize this is headed in a bad direction. I don't like what I'm hearing in his or her voice. And so you're trying to figure out where to step in and say something because you know how they're going to respond. They're going to say to you, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. And they're probably right about that. But they're also not doing the wise thing here, are they? This is headed in the wrong direction, and we can see that this would be reality. You would be saying that to them quickly. No, listen, I care about you. I care about your marriage, and what's happening here is leading in a direction that I don't want to see you go, and I know ultimately you don't want to go there. You have to be careful. Well, let's take this one step further. Let's get real personal, and let's say that this is you. This is you. And you've begun to walk through some of these steps. You're not doing anything illegal. You're not even doing anything immoral. But is it the wise thing to do? It's headed in the wrong direction. It's kind of quiet in here. You see, we do have a calling on our lives to live differently, to think differently, and to ask ourselves, in light of our past, the things that we've experienced and learned, in light of our current circumstances and the things that we're going through in our lives right now, and in light of our future hopes and dreams, as it relates to the way that I am expressing my sexuality and and doing relationships, am I doing the wise thing? Is this the wise thing to do? So we have to remind ourselves that, again, that bad Moral decisions are generally preceded by a series of unwise decisions. So if you haven't already started to take notes, then you need to. And on the back of your journey guide, you'll see our main thought for this weekend. It's this. Wise decisions protect me from sexual regret. Wise decisions protect me from sexual regret. Now, oftentimes what we do, and again, being a youth pastor, this was something that so I talked to Kyle. They did a a dating series and a sexuality series a couple of months ago in February, and this inevitably comes, they'll do like a question and answer thing, and the question that kids will want to know a lot is, well, like, how far can I go, right? And I've talked to some of the, the small group leaders, too, even the small group leaders for, for my kids, and we've had conversations about this kind of thing. Like, kids always want to know, like, how far can I get, how close can I get to the edge? You know, like, how close can I get to the edge? Like, that's the wrong question to ask, isn't it? For all of us that have ever done anything that we would have regrets related to our sexuality, the wrong question is, how do I get naked on a couch and not do anything bad? Right? That's not headed in a good direction, you see? Now, when when you talk about living on the edge, there are certain areas in your life where I think it's absolutely fine to live on the edge. Absolutely fine. Like, let's just say that you're um, using my fitness pal. And you're keeping track of your calories, and it told you that you've got 2,000 calories a day. I'm telling you, baby, take that thing to the edge. Man, you get to right to 2,000, you're like, I can have one more, like, I can have one more bite, and I won't go over my, take it all the way to the edge. It's fine. Young people, listen to me. If your parents have given you a curfew, 
Man, you take that curfew to the edge. Like, don't waste minutes. Don't waste minutes. Don't come home 20 minutes early. That's stupid. They've given you that whole hour. Take it all the way to 9.30, right? Take it all the way to 9.30. Let's just say you're living by a budget and you've got a little bit of money left over in your clothing budget, but it's not quite enough to buy that cool shirt that you just saw and you know there might be a little bit extra somewhere else and you might go over just a little. I'm telling you what, just take it to the edge if you like that shirt. Let's take it right to the edge. You're going to be okay. And all those that are in the Dave Ramsey class are like, dude, don't you, don't you say that. Don't say that right now. Take it to the edge. But listen to me. As it relates to your sexuality, do not take it to the edge. Because if you're counting calories and you go over a couple, it's not a real big deal, is it? If you're in this situation where you're trying to make it home by curfew and you get, you're just a couple of minutes late, listen, your mom and dad are good people, right? You'll be able to tell them, like, what happened, too many red lights, right, or whatever. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. okay. In your budget, if you go over a dollar or two, you can make it up the next month. But if you cross the line sexually, there are very real consequences. So in this area of your life, I'm begging with you. I'm pleading with you after thousands of conversations with people. This is not an area to get as close to the edge as possible. Instead, we ask ourselves, how do we safeguard from the edge? How do we not get even close to the edge? This is a very big deal because when it comes to the expressions of your sexuality, it creates, when you cross the line, extraordinary regret. It creates very, very real complexity with very, very real consequences. So our main thought today is that wise decisions protect me from sexual regret. So Paul, we talk about Paul a lot around here. He's written a lot of the New Testament and he was writing a letter to a church in a town called Corinth that he had helped get started. And this was a very pagan, very corrupt society that had all kinds of very bizarre sexual practices that were part of what they were doing. And many of the people that had made a commitment to Christ had made a commitment of Christ and kind of come out of that lifestyle and were working hard to change things in their lives. Uh, uh, Listen, a culture that's much like ours today Just bizarre stuff going on. And Paul loved these people. He cared about them, and he wanted to help them to live out their commitment to Christ. And and so he had written some things to them in 1 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I want to start in verse 18. And it's a very complex first sentence that he writes here in verse 18, and I want you to see it with me. He says this, run from sexual sin. <clears throat> now, I got my books out, and I, I started studying the etymology of these words in the original languages, and I studied this like crazy, and I want you to know what this says. This says right here, it says this, very deep, run from sexual sin. That is exactly what it says. Get as far away from it, flee from it, don't get close to the edge. The edge is dangerous, and there is temptation there that is very real, and if we're not careful, we'll cross over that edge. Don't flirt with it, flee, get as far as possible. Bad moral decisions are generally preceded by a series 
of unwise decisions. Now here's the thing, as I was thinking about this this week, when it comes to that edge, when it comes to kind of dabbling with, making decisions that get us close to the edge, listen, every husband wants his wife to stay far away from the edge. I know that. Because, Because I'm a husband. And I want Beth to stay far away from the edge. Every single wife wants her husband to stay far away from the edge. Do you know how I know that? Because that's what Beth has told me. I know that's true. Nobody says to their spouse, you know what? Just take that thing as far as you want. Go ahead, just don't fall off the edge, right? That would be horrible. Don't, just go ahead. Put yourself in the most tempting situations you could possibly imagine. Nobody says that. That's not a good idea. Listen, as parents, as parents, we don't want our kids getting close to the edge. We want our kids staying back because we love them. We care about them. And we know there are very real consequences and very real regret and very real challenges as soon as you cross over that line. And so we talk to our kids about what it means to safeguard. That's why you have a curfew. That's why in the Miller house we have the no blanket rule. Is it that I'm opposed to people being warm? (laughs) Absolutely not. We have a no blanket rule because I know what goes on under a blanket. That's why we have the no blanket rule. Listen, we don't want to get close to the edge. And here's another thing. Parents, listen to me. This is what every child wants from their parents. Stay as far away from the edge as possible. Safeguard yourself do this in a healthy way. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 continues. It says, run from sexual sin. And then listen to this. this is, can I stop for a second and tell you, this is how I know that the Bible is legit and for real when I read stuff like this. The apostle Paul, thousands of years ago, understood this, and when he wrote, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote something that I know is true in my life, and I know it's true in your life too, and when I read this, I'm like, wow, that is good, that is true. I can can build my life on this kind of truth. Listen to what Paul says. Run from sexual sin, and then he says this. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. That's interesting to me that he would write that. People who spend a lot of time talking with other individuals who are working to overcome their past will tell you that when someone walks into their office with extraordinary regret, with um, guilt, with very real complex things that they're trying to work through, I can tell you that almost 90% of the time it has to do with something sexual. Almost 90% of the time. You see, it seems to me like people move on from all types of other things with relative ease. Still work, but relative ease. But things sexual just seem to stick around and stay with us. As I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking this is highly likely to be uh, caused by an epidemic in our culture today, and that's this. The messaging that we hear from the world around us is that sexuality is just physical. It's just physical. But listen, we're both way smarter than that. We know it's not just physical. In a world that's trying to tell you that it's just physical, that is a lie because we know that Somehow this stuff affects our souls. It affects our hearts, doesn't it? It affects our hearts. It affects, it affects our consciences, and that's not physical, is it? It affects 
our spiritual relationship with the Lord. It, it, it affects the way we feel guilty. It affects the way we view ourselves. If you're a man, it, it affects the way you view other women. If you're, if you're a woman, it affects the way you view other men. And, and this is a challenge in our culture today. It's not just physical. It hits all of the areas of your life. And if you're not careful and you get too close to the edge, you're going to make mistakes that you're going to regret. Paul continues in verse 18, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Now, it's not saying here that it's worse than other kinds of sins. He's just saying it's different. There's something different about this one. Just unique in the way that it impacts you. And listen carefully, I need you to hear this to say, that you need to hear me say this. this. I am not saying that somehow this sin is different and that it's not forgivable. Well, that's not the case at all. But Paul says it's different because the consequences impact us and affect us differently. Sexual sin is not necessarily a category of its own because God won't forgive it. In fact, I love the stories in Scripture where Jesus interacts with people that have made mistakes. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 8, you might want to write that down. If you have not read this story before, it's powerful. There's this precious, incredible, emotional story where Jesus encounters a woman who was literally caught in the act of adultery. Caught in the act. Dragged to the streets, and according to their law, they were preparing to stone her to death. Do you know what Jesus did? With compassion, he looked her in the eyes and he forgave her. He cared about her. He loved her. He loved her so much that he would extend forgiveness to her and then he would say to her, don't do that anymore. That's not good for you. I love you and I accept you unconditionally, but I love you so much that I've got to tell you something. Stop. You're only hurting yourself and your other relationships when you do this. You see, the issue isn't forgiveness as it relates to our sexuality. The issue is consequence. The consequences are real. It's a different kind of sin because it affects us differently, and that's what Paul is saying. And listen, we all kind of know that, don't we? We know that. It affects us differently. So Paul says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against our own body. This is so powerful. So Paul challenges us to come to a completely higher standard. When we ask this question, what's the wise thing to do? Because we know wise decisions protect me from sexual regret. So when we ask ourselves in light of our past and our current circumstances and our future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? And he says, look, when it comes to your sexuality, whether you're single or married or teenager in your second marriage, your third marriage, it doesn't matter. He says this. He says, there's a standard for all of us that have made a decision to be a Christ follower that's different than this world around you. And Paul is saying, listen, I know the city of Corinth. I've been there. I understand how crazy this culture is. And the same is true about the culture that you and I live in. This is a crazy culture and he's saying listen I want you to have the best and have life to the full and have relationships that are awesome and listen if you think I'm saying that somehow that we that that sexuality isn't good then you've missed some of the series we've done around here because sex is incredible and you better hear that in the context of the local church because God created it 
It's amazing when it's done right. But when we don't approach this area well and we don't understand that wise decisions protect me from sexual regret, we get ourselves into trouble. So you've got to see this. Paul is taking this to a next level and he's trying to help us understand how we do this well. And he says this, look at, look at again. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit in verse 19 who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Look at verse 20, the beginning. This is powerful. He says this, for God bought you with a high price. What was that price? His life. He bought you with a high price. So look at this next sentence, and this is where this whole message is kind of embedded in this last sentence. So what do we do? So you must honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. You see, this is so different than is there anything wrong with this? Is there a law against it? Will we get caught? Will there be a consequence? It's different. Instead, in other words, instead of saying, how close can I get to the edge Paul says, come on, you don't want to live like that. That's not the way that you want to live. You know where that leads. If you dance that dangerous line, it's likely that there's going to be very real consequences, and those consequences will be painful, and that pain will end up hurting yourself and the people that you love. But what if there was a new way to filter these decisions? What if there was a different way to decide about these things related to your sexuality? What if there was a new way to figure this out? And Paul is saying, you need to ask yourself this question Will this be honoring to God? And I know what you're thinking. Dude, Doug. Bummer. Taking all the fun out of life, aren't you? You might be thinking to yourself, before you write me off, as you're thinking about this, let me ask you this question. If you, if you did this, if you asked this question, am I honoring God by the way, I'm behaving in the things that I'm doing. If you really asked that question and responded well, do you think you'd have more or fewer regrets in your life? <clears throat> do you think you would be healthier or unhealthier? Do you think that your relationships would be healthier or unhealthy? What do you think? In light of your personal past experiences, in light of your current circumstances and your future hopes and dreams, when it comes to your sexuality, what is the right thing to do? Am I honoring God with my body? So Doug, you might be thinking right now, are you suggesting that I do things that no one else is doing? Dude, seriously. Man, you've been out of the game a while, right? 23 years as of yesterday. Yeah. But you know what? Sexual temptation is still very real, isn't it, for all of us? So, Doug, are you asking me to do something different from the, what I see in this world around us? Everybody do this. Yeah. You know why? <clears throat> because I want you to have something that the world around you doesn't have. I want your relationships and your marriage to be different than what you see in the world around us. Young people, listen to me. I don't want you to have regret like everyone else's regret and past like everyone else's past and pain like everyone else's pain and baggage like everybody else's baggage. So then we, we look at what the Apostle Paul says and we don't skirt the hard stuff sometimes. When we talk about doing the wise thing and we know this is the edge, we back off the edge and we say to ourselves, how do I safeguard myself and honor God with my body so that I'm setting myself up to have the relationships that God wants me to have? 
How do I be the healthiest person that I possibly can be, and how do I safeguard from all of this kind? I don't want an average life. I don't want an average marriage. I don't want an average past with average guilt and average addictions. That's not what any of us want, and so what we do is we take a look at what Paul says, and we say, you know what? I'm going to forget what's back there. I'm gonna look back only long enough to learn the lessons that I need to learn. And listen, for every single one of us that are sitting in this room today, when we look back, we've learned some lessons as it relates to our sexuality. And we look back and we say, you know what? I know that stuff hurts. I'm not going back that way. So from this day forward, I'm gonna live different. I'm gonna ask myself this question in light of that past, knowing what I struggle with, knowing what you struggle with, knowing what has happened in your past, the way that that stuff can overwhelm your heart and your soul. I'm not gonna look back there to, to dwell on that and to be stuck in that. I'm gonna look back there to be, able to, to be able to make a good decision moving forward. And so then in light of my current situation, where I am right day, right now, here today, and in light of the things that I dream about having, you know, I've been married 23 years as of yesterday. I'm gonna be married 43 years. I want people to say, that is different than the world around us. That's hard work. Do you know still today when I see a couple that's, that's older that, that are walking and they're holding hands together, I stop them almost every single time and I say thank you. Thank you for being an example because that's what I want. Listen, inside of each of us, that's what we want. We want to have fulfilling, awesome relationships that are full of health, moving forward into our lives the way God has called us to experience them. But that can only happen if we do everything that we can to make sure we're making wise decisions. So, Doug, are you asking me to do some things differently? Yes, yes I am. But trust me, the Apostle Paul has our back here. He knows what it's like to live in a, in a really jacked up culture. And so as real as those words were 2,000 years ago, they're real today. And if we're gonna do it differently, then we have to understand that we need to ask the hard question and we need to honor God with our body. Yeah, Doug, this is a extreme. I think it's gonna be a challenge. Yeah, yes, yes. But listen to me, you are totally worth it. You were totally worth it. So I know what could be going through your mind today. I've been dealing with this all week, right? And I know that for, uh, Gary and I were talking about this this week. There's nobody that has no past regrets. Nobody. We all have that stuff. And what I love about our incredible God is that he says, listen, I, I know that I know that there are gonna be some mistakes made, I love you, I don't want that to be the what you experience, but I've made a way for you to be able to be right, even though you've made some wrong decisions. And for each of us that are here today, there's two things that I pray. The first thing that I pray is this, that you would no longer be haunted by your past. That that would never wreak havoc in your life today, and the only way that that can work is if we, if we get our hearts right with Jesus. Because what he did on the cross is real and it, and it has its way of coming in and redeeming what is not so good that has happened in our past. 
He comes in and he says, yeah, I'll forgive you. Submit that stuff to me. I died on the cross for you, and I'm going to give you the future that I want you to have. Does that mean that we won't have things that we need to work through? Absolutely not. Does that mean that we won't have to go to counseling? Probably not. But does it mean that we have hope for a, a future that can be incredible? Absolutely yes. Yes. It's actually three things, right? There's number two. The second thing is this. I know some of you are in the middle of some circumstances and some situations, maybe even similar to what I described earlier today. You're close to making some bad decisions. Maybe you've been flirting around with some things that you shouldn't. Maybe you've been sending some texts that you know are inappropriate and you're kind of fishing with your text a little bit. Or maybe you've begun to compromise with some things and you know you need to do that different if you're gonna honor the marriage that you're in or you're gonna even honor the singleness that you have right now. You need to think about that. What does that look like? Maybe for some you've been dabbling with stuff on the internet. Maybe it's a lot more than dabbling. You need to ask yourself, am I, am I honoring God with my sexuality? And if the answer is no, then, then we need to trust God right now here today in our current circumstances to help us make some changes. And then for all of us, we need to understand that God has a preferred future for us. He wants our relationships to be healthy and he doesn't want us to experience the very real pain and consequences that Paul was talking about in this passage. So what we need to do is flee. We need to flee. We need to run away. We need to get away. We need to do this right. And listen to me. If you want to avoid some real pain, very real consequences, then as those that have made a commitment to give our lives to Jesus, even though it looks different in our world today and people might not understand, we do it different. Because we know, man, God has a plan for us. And does that mean it's easy? No, but he has a plan for us. And the plan is for health, not unhealth. He's come to give us life and life to the full. Can you bow your heads for just a moment? So Father, we come before you today, and I know this is a hard message. This is a message that hits each and every one of us close to home, and we all have areas in our lives where we look back with past regret, and Lord, we just pray today that you would would help us to stop looking back with a, a mindset and a heart of defeat, but that, Lord, you would help us to be able to submit these things to the incredible work on the cross and trust that you're a God that has made a way for us to be right, right in our heart and right in our soul and to give us an awesome future, hope, God, for things to be healthy and right. So, God, today we come before you and ask you to, to forgive us Lord, I know for others, there are, there are some that are in a current circumstance, a situation, a relationship with a habit, some kind of thing that keeps tripping them up. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus today that we would recognize that we have a different kind of call on our life and that we will put some safeguards in place, that we will do everything that we can to make changes. We will live authentically in relationships with others that will help us to be able to make wise decisions. Lord, as it relates to our sexuality, to live in a way that will please you. And Lord, I pray that supernaturally you will place inside of each of us your vision of what our relationships can be. Lord, I pray that you would protect the young people that are in this room. The message that they've heard today is so different than what they hear 
in being communicated in our culture today in so many very real ways. God, I pray they would hear this message, it would sink deep in their heart, and there would be something that confirms inside of them that this is right. Give them the courage to live differently than the world around. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to commit your life to Christ and you've heard me talking about this today and you realize that when you look back, maybe even you look in your current circumstances, you know that you've, you've fallen short of God's perfect standard and you want to have God at work in your life. Because listen, none of us can be strong enough on our own to make it through this stuff. We have to be strong together and we have to be strong through God's work in us. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, this will be a great weekend for you to do that. And simply you just pray this prayer, God, I know I need you. I know I've fallen short of your perfect standard, and so today I ask you to forgive me. I thank you for what you did on the cross because what you did on the cross, you did for me. Now will you be at work in my life as I commit myself to you? Will you help me to live differently? Will you give me the strength to live differently? Will you help me to have your vision for my future and my relationships and help me to honor you with my sexuality? Lord, I pray that you would speak to each of us this week when we get into circumstances and situations that are getting close to the edge to identify it as that and to turn and run. We love you, Father. Thank you for, thank you for your word that keeps it very real that we can apply to our lives. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.